My mom uh, grew up, she was a single mom, and what she did was sell aerial paintings out in the middle of nowhere. Like she would just go out and sell things. And very entrepreneurial, uh, learned a lot about what an entrepreneur was back then, but uh, I don't think that was a word. You know, entrepreneurship wasn't a word in 80s, 90s, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I joined the military uh, back, you know, in I don't know, early 2000s and uh, learned that I'm not good at following rules uh, as well. That, that's, you know, you, I guess it's, it's, they're, they're built for uh, people that, hey, you go do this and, and follow the, the guy. Entrepreneurs are not very good at following rules. They create rules and they break things. Uh, that's kind of how it works in, in the entrepreneurial world. And also after that, I joined the, the music industry, but it wasn't till later that I'm like, hmm, how about a coffee shop? Does that, you know, and it was probably not the smartest financial decision, but we wanted to make a difference in the world. And we thought that coffee being the second most widely traded commodity in the world, Americans being the number one consumer, because obviously uh, I have an American accent. Um, we were like, well, let's make a difference by starting a coffee shop. We just didn't realize that it's uh, an, an act of love, not a financial, great financial decision. Yeah. I mean, when you walk around and you see Starbucks in every corner and all other places selling coffee, you think, oh, they must be absolutely printed money. But I think that the thing is with an independent coffee shop, you would think, oh, people are coming here for the coffee, but risky they're coming there for either the brand or even mm -hmm. for, you know, a, a comfortable space, like this small quirky things that can make your coffee shop pop off. And it could be something like having freshly made cakes or something like that. So yeah. I'm wondering for you, when did you kind of realize that things were going so well in the coffee business and you had to kind of, you know, adapt or make a change? Yeah, so I started in 2011, we started the coffee shop, and it was really um, fun. I was very naive as an entrepreneur. You have to be as a business owner and entrepreneur thinking that it's going to be easy and up and to the right. But it was in the second year of our our marriage, uh, we and my wife and I do the, did this together. Um, we had everything that could go wrong, did go wrong. And it wasn't anything related to customers. It was like my grandma dying, my cat dying, uh, miscarriage, you know, all kinds of things that just randomly, uh, happened. And I learned that, man, we need to make sure we're taking care of us first before even our, our output of what we're trying to accomplish. Cause there's no, no business if we're dead. Right. Uh, and so that was one thing that we learned a lot where we also learned about taking care of us financially uh, throughout that. And in the process, we, we said uh, that we are going to give it uh, everything, at least five years, no turning back. We're going to burn uh, the boats, you know, do all the stuff. And we did that. Right. But there was a point in the around the uh, sixth year where uh, we had literally had the roof taken off because we were renting a space, but they were, they were doing, um, uh, literally, um, replacing the roof and a freak storm happened. Like it was, it was nuts. Freak storm happened. And my staff calls me and says, you need to come in. Cause I had just left and we saw the storm cause we we're in the gym. I, we just made it to the gym before it rained on us. And I heard it. 
out there and I was like, oh, yeah, um, they're having roofing things. I hope they covered up things, I hope. Uh, but then my staff calls and says, um, the store is falling apart and you need to come in. Literally calls me. I don't answer because I'm like, I'll answer after after my run. Calls my wife and, and we hear the video and I'm like, oh, crap. Our business is literally drowning. Um, and through that, we we also found out that we were expecting a child and all kinds of other rent um, landlord issues that we were like, all right, I need to, to change. I need to make a transition. As much as we loved it, um, we were going to have a child, right? I, I can't legally have a baby behind the bar, right? Those kind of things. So, so we made a pivot. The great thing is I use my life insurance policy, which is a designed properly policy that I was able to use and access to overcome the flood, build it back so I could sell the business and not close the business. Mm. And when you sold the business, did you end up selling it for a profit or like break even? I mean, it uh, depends on what how you say that, right? I mean, like, if you think about me working at a for for the man, right? Whatever the whoever the man is, I probably would have made a whole lot more money working for the man than running my own own business. Did I sell it for a ton? Uh, I sold it. Uh, and that's was great. And it was able to give me enough income to catapult off into what we're doing now. So would I have liked to have sold it more for more? Yes. Uh, did I sell it for a profit? Uh, depends if you, you know, people don't realize when you're a business owner and entrepreneur, you're last to get paid most of the time. Um, and we spend a lot of hours, you know, free labor, um, which, you know, in the, in some of it, I'm like, uh, oh, probably wasn't that much relatively speaking. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will run a business and almost run it into the ground per se until it's basically, mm -hmm. you know, nothing left, nothing there to sell. But yeah, the fact you kind of was like, okay, I'm going to fix up the shop, sell it onto somebody else. And from there, I'm going to make my next move. Was that yeah. next and move? it's still going it's still going to this day like oh. it's still around they what's great is i i sold prior to covid uh so i didn't have to to dodge that bullet uh and i was able to um, move on to other things so um it's still going to this day it doesn't look like me but you know <laughs> are these is. other things you moved on to was it you know was it this infinite banking thing that you have going on the whole banking on yourself thing or did you kind of just take some time to you know reset and kind of look at life and you know as yeah. well take care of your your newborn child and that kind of stuff so so as we're thinking about selling my wife says you know well uh i'm pregnant you need to go get a job and i'm like uh i'm not employable i i can't work for anybody um which is you know it's hard to become a worker bee for somebody else when you're a business owner yourself, right? Sometimes it's important and you need to know that, hey, I need to take care of my kids, right? Um, but for me, I was like, I can't, can't do that. So my mentor, who I have now, uh, he had a job posting and I was like, ooh, I'll, 
I'll apply to work there because that'll be awesome. You know, I can, I've, I've been telling people about what he does and, um, and it's helped me. So maybe I'll do that. And so I applied and then he, he says, no, uh, I can't hire you cause you're too entrepreneurial, uh, and, and you'll break things. I was like, oh, well that sucks. I, I thought I was, I thought I could totally fit, uh, in hindsight, I think he was right. Um, but then he came back to me a month later, two months later, he says, I have an idea. How about you and your wife start your own agency and I'll coach you. And we're like, oh, that sounds awesome. So we started our own brand. We called it at the time, Grandma's Wealth Wisdom. Uh, the tagline was, sometimes intelligence skips a generation. And we used this concept, infinite banking and profit first, uh, in uh, how we manage cash flow, building a solid foundation. Because we realized using our policies and our savings, our biggest risk and our biggest investment was us. And we needed to have some stability. That's why I have the rocks up on the on the um, in my background, building a good foundation. Because really, this is something I thought about: is our biggest risk was our business. Our biggest investment was our business, and most people are risking in four hundred one ks and other assets. And we needed some safety and stability, and that's what helped us. Uh, so, moving into that business was seemed like easy. I didn't realize that there's a lot of opinions about money and all of this. I just knew it, it made a difference for me. So then we were here and then we realized, oh crap, there's a lot of Reddit posts and all kinds of people who think wrong, I think in a lot of places about money. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can talk me through the kind of concept of profit first and infinite banking, just so the listener can have an idea of what these things are, because, you know, the, the titles kind of give you an idea of what they are, but you're the expert here. So I'm yeah. wondering if you could explain, you know, in great detail <laughs> what they are. Yeah. So there's two different systems. Uh, one is a profit first is a cash flow management system. And oftentimes as you're as a business owner works, it's usually last to get paid. Right. Uh, we'll have staff, we'll have payroll, we'll do all the things. Right. Uh, we'll have the office, we'll have marketing, uh, we'll keep doing everything, but we don't pay ourselves or make sure we're profitable. We'll want money from the market, you know, with, with stocks and all that stuff and say, I want profit from that. But we don't give ourselves profit from our business and, and showing that it is built successfully. Right. So, so you ever been, uh, well, you're in the UK, but uh, probably similar, something similar like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah. Uh, where you have a huge plate of food, mm -hmm. right? And you get really, really full. Yeah. Right? Now, what Profit First says is let's make smaller plates. Not that you don't have less food. They're just divvied out, right? So you eat less and you're not over-consuming, which is what happens a lot in business is we say, oh, I have a, this amount, I'm going to go spend it. And we forget that it's allocated for something else or we don't pay ourselves fairly. So profit first is basically in essence, breaking it down into uh, five accounts, your profit account, your owner's pay account, your OPEX, your taxes, right? And then you have the uh, general account going in, right? So you have 
those those counts breaking up 30% towards OPEX, 5% towards profit, uh, taxes, and then owners pay if you're having an optimal business. Um, so those are things that I think oftentimes business owners are just looking at it all one wallet and they don't think about how it's built and, and broken down for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're completely right there that, you know, most entrepreneurs, you know, pay their staff, pay their you know bills as it were, and all their operating expenses, but never actually pay themselves or even pay themselves well enough to, you know, mm -hmm. make a living per se. It's more like, okay, I'll make a bit of money over here doing this, make a bit of money over there doing that. My business is still running. It's like, you're right. You have to yeah. kind of pay yourself first, you know, think about making a profit. So I'm wondering what are the kind of benefits of implementing you know the profit first system obviously there's the the idea of profiting first but i'm sure there's other benefits that i'm not aware of yeah i think uh, making sure that you have a profitable business right i mean it's it's really that simple right a lot of people in business are running uh hobbies expensive hobbies they they're working part time or they're not making any money they're literally broke right and they are almost enslaving themselves and and the government is like oh yeah here you go and and we're free labor like amazon resellers or things like that where where they they think they're doing well but but really the numbers are not uh in their favor and then another thing that i like to think about is i use what we call an expense challenge from uh profit first where we'll go through once a year and say do i really need this uh, thing because we buy we business owners are shiny object people will buy something and forget uh and we have a what do you what, uh, those are like reoccurring things that happen all the time and we're like oh yeah i bought this thing and i forgot it's 30 bucks a month and we wonder why we're in debt uh or why the business isn't successful because we bought something that we thought was going to use but we didn't Right. And so doing an expense challenge while also realizing, hey, we need to make money, right? Get out there and make some sales. And then what Profit First has really done for me is like, you know, I am on commissions. I make money from um, a lot of through life insurance and annuities, right? It doesn't always happen where, you know, I, I get a big deal, but, but I want to make sure that I'm maintaining my lifestyle. I have a five year old. So, uh, I want to make sure that uh, I don't forget about rent one year or one month, right? So I'm able to put myself on the payroll and pay myself a good salary and give myself raises because it's in the owner's pay account. And I just kind of let it go. And uh, the numbers tell me when it's time for a raise. Yeah. So you're, realistically, you're treating yourself as an employee of your own business, which is, I mean, mm -hmm. definitely something that most entrepreneurs aren't doing. So I'm also wondering how that kind of infinite banking system fits into the profit first system. How do the two work hand in hand? Yeah. So infinite banking is, and this is for probably primarily people in the, the States here, uh, is it's properly designed life insurance policies that are my cash equivalent account. So my biggest uh, asset is me. Mm -hmm. My biggest liability is me. So I want to protect that. That's why we did li the life insurance back in um, 
back in the day, right? Is we wanted to make sure that we had that, but also I wanted to make sure I was saving for for future me, old me in retirement, right? With Without having penalties of I can't access that money uh, until I'm 60. I don't know about in the UK, but uh, there's a lot of rules around how we use our money here. Um, and so a lot of times in the Wall Street world is we put money into things that we can't access. And then then we need it for a flood in the business or down payment on real estate or things like that. So what I like about this is I'm able to use a properly designed whole life insurance that I can max fund and then I can use that money to be my own line of credit, right? So then whenever I um, have a, uh, a expense, right? Like I, I use my life insurance policy cash value to pay my uh, podcast producer. Cause he said, if you pay, give me, uh, what is it? 10 months, I'll give you two months off. Right? If you pay up in advance, I'll give you t- two months off. Well, I don't have it just sitting in cash, but I could use my policy, right? And I got a 20% ROI by how I paid for something, right? And then I just paid it back into the policy. Mm. Yeah, I think this is something that a lot of wealthy people do actually is they kind of mm-hmm. have a life insurance policy and borrow based off of it. Or, you know, they have like stocks to back it. All these kind of assets are, you know, one thing altogether. And it's not like the idea of, okay, I've got some real estate over here. I've got some of this over there. It's like, no, this is all my life energy here that I can kind of borrow against and spend against type thing. It's the buy, borrow, die strategy, right? And that's how I believe, uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure uh, how Elon Musk bought uh, Twitter. Mm. was from Tesla, right? Um, And using the stocks, right? Similar concept. Uh, You are your greatest asset. I'm going to leverage and use it to grow my wealth. And uh, it's also similar to, you ever heard of the HELOC strategy? If you buy a house. So so if you buy a house, at least again here in the States, you, you, you build a line of credit or equity in your house, right? So equity in your house will continue to build as you pay off your mortgage, right? right? And then you can take that equity and pull it out and the bank's gonna charge you interest, right? Mm-hmm. To use that money, which you're like, wait a second, that's my house, it's my money. Why are you charging me interest? Yeah. right. It's kind of weird. Um, but somebody has to be in, in the middle, I guess. So that's what the banks do when with houses. Think about life insurance is the only difference is you're the house. The equity is the life insurance piece. And the as you pay into it, your line of credit continues to build and grow. So I've been able to use my policy. This is this is crazy as a business owner. I use my policy to buy my my house. Uh, I used it to buy my office condo that I'm standing in now. and I personally owned it, personally owned the, the policy, right? Um, I am, I own the business, right? And then my business or me as the, the personally owned condo, my business now pays me rent, right? Right. Back to buy policy. 
Right. And okay. uh, I'm my own line of credit, right? Yeah. So I'm using my policy as the mortgage, at least half of it. Yeah. So see, this is interesting because there's there's always ways to move your money around or use your money in a way that is, you know, one, probably a lot more beneficial to you, but two, also, you know, you're not paying to, to borrow money, like you said, when you kind of, you know, take out equity in your house yep. and all those kind of things. So uh, from the way I'm viewing it is you're maximizing your income. So yeah, how can people maximize their income? Like, is there, you know, a lot of people tend to put these things into systems. Is there like five ways to maximize your income that you can do today? Or is there just, you know, certain things you should look out for, such as having this type of life insurance policy that you can borrow against and use as a personal line of credit? Yeah. I, I think one is you have to, one, know your numbers. That's why I love Profit First. And most business owners and entrepreneurs aren't good at that. And they'll say, oh, I'll just do, deal with that later. Know your numbers, build a system that works for you, uh, and then make sure you're paying yourself first. Uh, that is, you know, the richest man in Babylon. Uh, kind of idea. So we want to build those systems. It's it's kind of like, again, you know, these wealthy people didn't just get there unless, you know, spoon fed, right? But uh, it's kind of like exercise, right? And you build the healthy habits. You might not get there overnight, but it's those 1% micro adjustments. That's what we say in our podcast a lot of times is like those 1% adjustments. And then if I can use the policy I can use that policy, and, and as I take a loan, there is there is loan cost, 5% simple interest, but my policy is growing as if I never touched it, and then I'm able to, to recapture or use that uh, money again, right? So um, there's always a cost of how we finance everything. The other thing I tell people is every one of us is in the banking business, whether you think about it or not. Um, I don't care who you are, what business you're running, uh, you are in the banking business. Most people, probably in the UK too, uh, they are using credit cards and servicing those those things, right? Majority of Americans are spending a quarter of their income servicing debt for every dollar, right? If it's a 25% interest rate, right? That's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. They're working for a bank for free, mm. right? And then uh, as the coffee shop goes, man, I remember literally uh, having to pay, uh, you know, when people swipe their card, 2% goes away to, to, I don't know, all these other people, MasterCard, Visa, all of these. I'm like, what? They don't ever even show up, right? Yeah. It's a servicing fee, 2% off the top, mm. right? I'm like, all right, these guys never show up to work. And then Uncle Sam always wanted money, never showing up to work. Yeah. Uh, I was like, all right, something's got to give. And learning about how money flows, we need to understand that. So I'm wondering what your kind of money flow is for your life and your business. Yeah, so I make, you know, a lot more than a coffee shop now. Uh, and as commissions come through, we just divide it into those buckets. I'm on, I'm on pay, payroll, right? 
and also break it up into what I'm making in profit and distributions. So then distributions are a little separate tax-wise. So we have a whole Excel sheet that helps us figure it out. But what I really think about a lot of times is we have a method we call uh, the still method. So the inverse is of still method is chaos. It's confusing, haphazard, anxious, overwhelming, and stressful. That's most people's business, most people's finances, most people's lives for that matter, confusing, haphazard, anxious, overwhelming, and stressful. So then what ours is, is we have to go back and say, well, what do I want? So the still method is set your sights, track your in and out, inspect your progress, look for 1% adjustments, and live deliberately, right? So we build those pieces in, and that's what we do on a regular basis. Right, we go through, me and my wife do the still method regularly, and we say, okay, the business, as money comes in, because we make sales, right? And then we're like, all right, we just made $100,000. Well, guess what? It divides into those five accounts. Then that tells me, okay, this is how much is in owner's pay, this is how much is in this and that. Uh, and then, based off of that, we might, have extra for OPEX because we run a lean machine. I do have a staff of a couple here. Um, but I, I just bought a vibe board. Have you ever seen those? It's coming in the mail here, here, uh, tomorrow. It's a, it's one of those really cool boards that you can write on, um, like a computer kind of thing. Oh, okay. But I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I know profit distribution. We made some decent money. Uh, I'm going to go spend some money on something stupid, uh, but it's going to help grow the business. I right. hope, but, it, you want to have some fun. That's why you have a profit account, right? And then the numbers just tell me, right? And then uh, if I'm running a lean month, that's that's okay. I don't want to always do that. But, and then from there goes to payroll. Then I, I run my business or personal life. Uh, what I call is the 10, 10, 10 savings rule. 10% uh, for um, long-term. 10% towards medium term and 10% towards short term. You know, how many people, it, it's amazing to me, how many people are surprised by Christmas and they're broke? Mm. Like, literally, it comes every year. But I live within my uh, flow of cash because I, I, I'm on the you know regular income, right? And I also tithe. So I'm living within my means. Most again, most people aren't living within their means, and the credit card companies are getting rich off of people saying, "Oh, well, you deserve this. Go, go on this trip that you don't have money for." Um, that is not healthy, and that's why we're in a world a crisis, actually. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you guys aren't that way. Yeah. So, I, you know, do the ten, ten, ten savings thing. I mean, the savings thing is amazing. So you're basically saving about 30% of your income there in, in those little 10% mm -hmm. chunks. And you, you mentioned something a little bit earlier that I'm you know, quite interested to dive into. You mentioned a book that I quite love called The Richest Man in Babylon. And that book is, is yeah. a very small book, but in that book, there is so much yeah. knowledge. Like I've got it somewhere on my bookshelf here. down here, but I, I, yeah, I don't know where it is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, such a, it's such a thin little book. But in it, it gives you principles for, you know, saving money, spending money, making money, how to, you know, 
manage your money and i'm wondering for you when, when did you read this book did you read it before you started a business after you started a business when you found out about profit first you know when did this book come into your life i i have no idea where it when it came in let's see what year does this say um probably about six years ago around the time that we're like learning more about money uh and some i was reading a lot of coffee books back in the beginning uh we were at the Susie Orban, Dave Ramsey books, because we thought, you know, those, those were important. Uh, we, we learned that not a, he's not God, but you know, hmm. um, this one came around probably about six, six years ago. And it was really within, along with the profit first, it's such a simple, easy book. And what, what I've learned is investing is not savings. Uh, and you know, a lot of people in the, the wall street world is they say, oh yeah, well you're, you're saving. I'm like, no, you're putting into a asset that you could lose. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a different thing than savings. Uh, and if you notice back in the um, recent times, um, the banks kind of learned, oh, there's no incentive to save. Interest rates on credit card or banks savings, um, which it used to be, right? Anyway, um, love this book. It really helps just think clearly about our money. And knowing that savings is different, right? And then I have that mad money account that I could use for whatever. And we have that within those buffers, right? Because you still want to have fun. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of people, when they budget, they don't actually budget for fun. They go, okay, this money's going there, that money's going there, and the rest is going to savings. Like, you still need to live your life and enjoy your life. Like, you spent your time yeah. earning this money. It would be a damn shame if you didn't spend time enjoying it, you know? Well, and that's the profit distribution part. And is, as the business is successful, guess what? My profit distribution gets bigger. And guess guess what happens? I get bigger fun things to buy or whatever, but I'm not spending fervorously on things that I don't need. Um, I still want to think that strategic, um, but, but I'm going to make bigger trips. I mean, also, I think you want to reverse engineer your life. Where do I want to be when I'm old? Uh, and I have a five-year-old. I want my son to visit six of the seven continents before he's 18. So I'm using that those profit distributions, the mad money, to make sure he gets on those trips, whatever those. And the fun part is I have to go with him because he's under 18. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's your goal, but also something you'd like for him to experience. And for yeah. me, I, I'm also wondering, you, you've got the whole kind of systems and the money part of things figured out, but I'm wondering what kind of advice you would give to someone who's looking to start their own business because you know it, it would be great if someone copycatted your thing and was like right i'm gonna go and sell insurance mm. policies this kind of stuff and you know do kind of an agency but there's other types of people who want yeah. to start other types of businesses for whatever reason and i'm wondering what kind of advice you would give to them yeah so i think the one main thing i, t I tell people three things um, and this is advice I, and I'm going to add one more, but, uh, know that, you know, that, you know, that you're called to it, um, because it's going to be hard, right? Especially when you first start out in the grind, uh, know that, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that you're called to it because as it, you know, things <laughs> that's happen. a lot of know that, you know, yeah. that, you know, just know yeah, for like, a very, very you right. Just know reason. It. You feel it like yeah. it's in your bones. I cannot do anything else, but this, 
because you'll have all kinds of things that happen. Uh, and that goes into my, my last thing that I just thought about lately is have some grit that when things get hard, you have grit. The reason that a lot of people don't make it is they just don't have, um, uh, grit to accomplish. They're like, Oh yeah, well it got hard. So I quit. Uh, running a podcast, you've, you've done how many episodes? Oh gosh, close um, to a hundred. We're coming up on a hundred this year. How many people start podcasts and they, they did five? So right? many people, especially in the pandemic. Right? A lot of people started podcasts and mm -hmm. they're, they're gone now. Those guys don't have grit. Yeah. Uh, they, you have grit, right? So that, that's one thing I could tell you right here. Thank you. Right. Uh, then the second is that you have a team around you because when things get hard, you need a team around you that support you, not just your business, but support you and care about you. Um, not just what you can accomplish or do for them. Right. So have a team and then know your numbers. Too many business owners don't know their numbers. Uh, and if you have those three things, that's why I'm profit first and, and why I think about that. But a lot of business owners don't even have time. They think they don't have time. So that's why we built the still method and the framework, because I'm like, uh, if you don't actually do those things, it doesn't matter. Um, and so again, know that, you know, have a team around you that cares about you, whether it's, you know, your mentor coaches, guides, uh, and then know your numbers. Those are my three things mm. and sticking to it. Yeah. I mean, going back to what you said in, in the first point about know that you know that you know, you originally started up your, your coffee business a while ago because you wanted to mm. have a more sustainable kind of coffee shop or have something with a bit yeah. more fair yeah. trade in it. So yeah. is that also something that you'd advise to people is to have a mission for your business or, you know, have a reason why you're doing this business other than to, you know, make money? I think, I mean, for me as a moral and ethical person, I think that having a values besides just money is, is a important thing because you can have some really rich people who don't have a purpose or, or they're, they're divorced and there's all kinds of other areas in, in life that maybe they missed. So uh, I think that's important and helpful. Mm. Okay. And, you know, you've, you've made a, a transition from, you know, having that business to what you're doing now, but I'm wondering, you know, along the way, there must've been things that went wrong, things that didn't work out. And I'm wondering what is, you know, what is the biggest learning you've had from one of those kind of failures or setbacks? One of the things I think about is, is have contingency plans, knowing it's not going to go up into the right. Whenever I talk to Twitter pated entrepreneurs in the beginning stages, they think, you know, everybody and their mom's going to come. And probably your mom's not going to come to the coffee shop. Mm. Uh, and, and she's not going to, she'll write a Twitter thing and say, Hey, I was there. Um, what you have to do is have grit and just get out there and, you know, you're going to get punched in the face and you keep going. And, and those people, uh, are what make it, but, but knowing there's ebbs and flows. Uh, I remember when we had our second flood in our house. Uh, talked to a guy who mentors uh, entrepreneurs, and he said, how are you so calm uh, during all of this uh, flooding thing that you're dealing with and, and staff problems and, and all that? I said, well, uh, it it happened before. It'll probably happen again in some regard, and I can't cry over it. You just got to roll with it. Um, and I think that most people want it to just be easy, and, and business ownership, entrepreneurship isn't. 
Um, but it's amazing. Mm. And how did you kind of become like this? Where do you do most of your learning? Is it podcasts, books, YouTube? Well, we have a YouTube channel, so I learn a lot, you know, from YouTube. Uh, totally subscribe to our YouTube channel if you uh, are listening, Wealth Wisdom Financial. Uh, of course, plug. But, like, learning from all areas, right? Uh, being a learner and realizing uh, I don't know and everything, uh, anything, really. Um, always being in a place of learning. Um, I, I've also learned through this, I'm like, man, we are pretty good. We actually sold a business. Um, maybe not for a huge amount, but most people haven't. And there's a lot of what I call entrepreneurs out there. There's very few entrepreneurs which have actually done it or are doing it. Um, and so learn, but act is something I think that needs to happen. You could be in learning mode and reading all the books, but if you don't actually do something it doesn't doesn't matter um and you will make mistakes you know when it comes to finances i have people like talk all the time and like i just need to think about it like no you, you just need to like actually make a move and know that hope you trust that you're, you're making the right move and if you haven't you'll you'll adapt to change a little bit mm. yeah uh, the people that listen to the show, they're self-employed people, CEOs, entrepreneurs, you know, people that are making their own bucks, making their own dime. And I'm wondering for someone like you, who is very focused on the, the financials of your life and making sure that, you know, you've got your money in order. What is, what is one piece of advice you would give them? Something that they can do, you know, if not today, then tomorrow to better yeah. their financial standing. Uh, read profit first, uh, contact us, you know what I mean? Like those kind of things. Uh, I think about that. Why having a system like, I not only am I trying to feed myself, right? Um, as we build our agency, we have, um, right now two staff, uh, with us, right? Uh, plus the, us, me and my wife, that's overhead. I got to make it happen. Right. Um, and so as we grow, being able to make sure that I have enough payroll and runway money to make sure that it happens, not just running in the red, hoping for the next deal and not actually having the money in hand yet. I don't run that way. Um, we don't spend money that we don't have uh, until we have it in the bank. And then we're like, oh, now we can go buy the thing that I wanted to buy. Uh, it's been a long time for this uh, this this vibe board that I'm, but I, but I was just waiting, right? Till the numbers were there. Yeah. So you have to stay true to the numbers, you know, don't go out mm -hmm. and start borrowing money and, you know, using credit cards in the, in the wrong way. Uh, I'm actually yeah. wondering what, what your view is on credit, because you mentioned David Ramsey earlier, and I think he's like against credit cards entirely or something like yeah. that. And he's, but he has got a good method for paying off debt, that whole snowball yeah. method. But I'm just wondering what, what your view is on, you know, credit and borrowing and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have a mortgage on our house, and, and we used the bank in our favor. Um, but you want to be smart about using credit, right? The banks are in the business of making money, right? So a lot of people don't know how to use credit wisely. And I'm more in the middle of uh, Robert Kiyosaki and Dave Ramsey. You know, you don't want to use credit crazy 
but I also use my policy's cash value as a form of credit, and I just happen to pay myself back, right? So it's similar way, but but I've also realized and learned that the banking industry, literally, it's a industry that will penalize us if we're in bad credit or in um, we've used payday loans in the past and it, and it dings us and it costs us more. So I wonder if sometimes the whole credit system is to keep us enslaved in, in some ways. Yeah. Um, right. And so we want to like realize that they are in the business of making money and marketing themselves. Uh, think about using the credit card companies to cash back rewards for vacations, right? Maybe great. You might get points, but you'll probably spend more money. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's also this whole movement right now as well about, you know, don't pay any of the, of the interest fees. So make sure you pay off your credit card in full every month. But the problem with that is if you're doing that, then they'll give you a bigger limit and a bigger limit and a bigger limit until basically, you know, that limit on your credit card could be two, three times your monthly earning. And then now you, you know, you can't pay that off every month. And it's always about, you know, being able to smartly manage your money or else you do get kind of caught up in these traps and I, I believe that's exactly what you're saying to to the listener here is you know be smart with your money or else you will end up in a terrible a terrible way and be be aware like the fed raising interest rates here in the u.s uh raised then the helocs which people are using helocs to make their money but then their interest rate went up on the heloc right and they're like wait a second i thought this was working and it was working two years ago but now the rules changed and knowing that we are not in a place of making the rules, they are. Mm. Uh, and knowing how the game is played. Yeah. And oftentimes it's not in our favor. Oh, most definitely. So Brandon, I'm wondering for you, you are on this journey to help people empower themselves financially, which is, you know, something that's really, really important. And I'm basically wondering how can you make people prioritize their financial journey? What is it that they can do to make sure that, you know, they are profiting first and, and operating within the kind of systems that you've got of banking on yourself and all that? I think that is the hardest thing because our world is definitely against it. Like our our governments don't even know how to operate within a budget, right? Um, they're, they're broke and telling us to spend our, our way of... Um, and, and I think about this, um, when COVID hit, we, we gave a stimulus, right. To keep it going. Mm. Right. Uh, when somebody has, uh, type two diabetes, you know, they give you insulin and stimulus, right. Mm. Uh, what I, what I think is our, our economy and our world is, is very sick. Uh, and what we need to do is own it for ourselves. I cannot help somebody who doesn't want to be helped, mm. right? Whenever it comes to uh, diet and exercise, you know, you tell somebody, well, you know how, you know, as a doctor, well, you know, diet and exercise, if you do that, that'll help. You don't have to be on the medications, right? Using this system is kind of like diet and exercise, which no one wants to hear about, but it is a better and healthier way to live. And maybe we live within our means. We don't have to uh, keep up with the Joneses and show all kinds of craziness 
just because it's on TikTok or whatever. Um, but a lot of times that's, that's what the world, they think that's success. Mm-hmm. I need to get a Benz. I need to do that, you know, keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. And I'm wondering for you, Brandon, what is it about what you do that brings you the most joy? Yeah, I think really, I mean, I have a five-year-old, the amount of impact that I'm going to have on him and I might not see it, the implications, like I help somebody have a life insurance policy and build a stable financial future. They may not know, right? What, what the impact is, but when they're gone from this earth, right? How does that then impact the next generation? We should be at a place where we leave it better than we found, not worse. Unfortunately, I think the past generations have done otherwise. <laughs> For me, I'm like, hmm, maybe we need to change that because we only have one planet. Uh, let's let's help him. And I, I'm really excited that my son, I came from poverty, poor, right? This this kid's going to have quite a bit, right? It's, it's the What Would the Rockefellers Do? Another book that think about like, how do I build legacy wealth starts with me. And if we want to change the world, it starts with us. The great prophet Michael Jackson says it starts with the man in the mirror. Where can the people find you online? Yeah. If you go to wealth wisdom, F P that's wealth wisdom, F is in financial P is in partners.com. You can find us on our website. You can go to uh, YouTube, which I mentioned wealth wisdom, uh, financial, uh, on YouTube. And of course we have a podcast. Um, we also have a community. So if you go to wealthwisdomfp.com slash community, uh, we really want to help business owners and entrepreneurs. So we created a, uh, online portal community where we do profit first. We talk about, uh, managing cash flow like a millionaire and those kind of things. So if you want to join that community, it's pretty low cost. Um, but it's, it's kind of like doing the still method with our community and, and helping people break through to a smart, stable financial future. Keyword smart. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.